interesting, occasionally interesting. They are occasionally interesting. Most recently on Occasionally Interesting. Last week on Occasionally Interesting. Next week on Occasionally Interesting. Who knows what's in your water? Is it snakes? Is it cobras? Are they the same thing? Is a cobra inside the category of snake? I don't know, but find out next week on Occasionally Interesting. I think it's probably like a square and a rectangle. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Sounds reasonable. I know. You're a very reasonable man. Always. <laughs> not a chew toy, Chewy. It's not. I'm glad that our squirrel pillow is making an appearance in the first episode of the podcast. Um, it really, really seems like fate. I'm sure that the listeners will appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing listeners podcasts like more than the interior design. I spent a lot of time researching uh, interior design on podcast studios, and there is like nothing. I looked on Pinterest, and, and that's, that's it's not a popular category. Ridiculous, even question. What, what would what would there? Well, yes, we, you the proper feng shui. I mean, yeah, we're when our original plan where we weren't traveling the world, we were, bought this big, beautiful table to be our official podcast table, and I got that rug and the podcast bookshelf, bookcase, and whatnot. Of course, in our everybody tiny needs room. a podcast bookshelf. Yes, exactly. Um, wouldn't be complete without it. <laughs> it wouldn't. Uh, this was, I mean, we were trying to have, you know, some esteemed guests, like the owner of the woodshop where we bought our table, over to our teeny tiny little Philadelphia apartment, so we needed to be like really impressive with our podcast interior design so they knew that this was a completely legitimate operation that table does speak <laughs> volumes <laughs> speaks volumes to our legitimacy how how often is chewy going to make an appearance on the podcast i mean yeah probably we're feeling quite frequently i mean he'll make an appearance in terms of distracting us um and and in a way, he'll be the mascot. He'll he'll certainly make appearances on the Instagram page. So yes, our, if our listeners don't already know, which I'm sure that they do not, Chewy, our our dog, has his own Instagram, uh, positive underscore action underscore puppy. Check it out. <laughs> it. Originally magical. started as uh, our attempts to pimp out our dog to for our political agenda. And then, and then barely following through on that, and mostly just bringing joy to the world without barely, our dog is. barely following through yet. Yet, exactly. I mean, you know, people are much more able to make positive action in their lives when it's coming from a place of of joy. And what inspires more joy than than this little ball of fluff? Chewy definitely incites joy. Yes. So. Vote in your midterm elections, folks. If you're in the if, states, if you're a Democrat, oh yeah. <laughs> if you're left wing, progressive, or agree exactly with us, then don't forget to vote. Otherwise, otherwise, guys, fuck did off. you see that new TV show? <laughs> yeah, no. you probably won't enjoy this podcast if you are to the right of center. Anyway, I know. Yeah, let's get all the warnings out of the way. All right, who who will enjoy this podcast? Well, everyone. Everyone except, except for, for Trump supporters. 
<laughs> pretty solid. I know. So so we're traveling the world right now and uh, sort of telling people we meet, some people we meet, the right people we meet about uh, the fact that we're starting a podcast. And, and we recently had this conversation and realized we really needed to work on our elevator pitch. So so might as well, you know, just practice that <laughs> during the first episode. Why should people listen to this podcast? Because it's the shit. Go on. I mean, if you're only going one story in an elevator, that that pretty much sums it up. You think you think anybody in that in that short elevator is ride is gonna be like, okay, it's the shit. I'm sold. I feel like it brings a, uh, you know, it, it it begs the question of, well, now I really, you know, if it's the shit. What is the shit? I'm, the question is old as time, as I understand it. <laughs> since the first person took time. a shit and was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Is that where that phrase originates? Yes. (laughs) Without a doubt. Oh, shit, good start. (laughs) A few greater questions Uh have been asked. Um, Okay, well, I think think you'll you'll like this podcast if, um, if you think humans are interesting occasionally. Um, not all the time. Not, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, just let's assholes. be reasonable here, folks. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of assholes, so we just moved into this little small apartment, and we have a neighbor. She's Russian. We're, we're not loud folks, I would say. I think we're probably. We have a dog that we occasionally have to summon to us by. And occasionally tell whistling. him how cute he is. Yes, and you know, occasionally. Well, so she came over today and said that we were being loud and that the former tenant never kept his windows open. Now, mind you, it's the hot, rainy season here, so it gets up to 95 degrees. Easily. And, yeah, we want to keep our windows open. We're not staying up. We don't have air conditioning. We haven't been up past 12, so I think she complained about, she was was like, can you hear my toilet flushing? Because I can hear your toilet. I don't know what she expects us to do about. <laughs> like, what? I don't. I don't even know what that. What she was insinuating there. Like, so we were feeling pretty shitty about this until our friend Sam that we saw today was like, "No, tell her to go fuck herself." <laughs> I think the appropriate response is probably somewhere in the middle. But. But here we are outdoors recording a podcast. So. At eight o'clock at night. Yes. But I'm sure we. There's a possibility that we may hear about this. And, yeah, maybe she can make an appearance on our... She can be our first guest. So feel, feel free. <laughs> yeah. If you can't beat him, join him. That's right. Positive I'm, action puppy. I'm more than happy to bring her in. I'd be interested to hear how she wound up here. Yeah. And so full of joy. <laughs> she, she was very happy as she was telling us. As she was telling me, but we were far too loud for her to live her life, but... She, she had a smile on her face the whole time. That is the best way to deliver such news. Indeed. Um, okay, one of the... So we've been planning on starting this podcast for a ridiculously long time now. We've changed our life plans several times since the original conception of this podcast. Um, but the podcast has remained a part of the life plans no matter what. I've certainly been mulling over... What are we going to talk about in this podcast uh, for many, many months now? 
And uh, definitely one of the things that I always had in mind as a first episode topic was was starting a podcast, I guess, kind of wanting to speak about intimacy uh, and that I am so excited for the idea of kind of connecting with strangers and being able to share the intimate details of our lives and like a lot of my favorite podcasts are podcasts between couples where I feel like they're my couple friends who I'm just hanging out with. And that's basically a big part of what I'm trying. That was one of the original uh, name ideas for this podcast, Couple Friends. Um, but we, we went with the way better option of Occasionally Interesting. Um, and yeah, just wanting to hear your insight on why it sounds so easy and appealing and awesome to put uh, a lot of vulnerability out into the world at large but to imagine our parents listening to this makes me like not want to talk and what is that like why do we need to hide our truest selves from the people who are often dearest to us it seems to me that that sort of intimacy and vulnerability is a double-edged sword where it is simultaneously the most appreciated and desired thing from somebody else, but also the one of the scariest things to offer yourself, which is foolish because in my, in my experience, you very rarely get negative feedback from more vulnerable that you wind up being. So I don't know why exactly it winds up being that way, but I know something that we were reading Months ago, I'm saying that it has to do with growing up in small hunter-gatherer societies. It was it's crucial the to... The Wait But Why comic about the mammoth yeah. in the room. One yes. of our favorite online comics, Wait But Why, shout out. I'm sure we can put a link or something. <laughs> uh, they were saying that in order to survive in a small group setting like that, if you were ostracized, it meant certain death. So playing a certain role and being accepted by the group was of paramount importance. And that leads to a fear of people ostracizing you and judging you, ostracizing you based on your actions and therefore a fear of any actions that deviate in the slightest from the normal group behavior. Yeah, but when it comes to stuff like, I don't know, making friends or even our existing friends for the most part, at least many of the ones that we've made during our relationship, I'm comfortable with all of them hearing this and I'm sure they'll love it. Uh, but so why is it that like the knowledge that vulnerability is often what enables you to make friends and make close connections and it's what people yeah are seeking out so much, but then... Maybe like the the hands we've been dealt of friends or family and whatnot of like people we love and enjoy hanging out with and enjoy having conversations with, but it's like to expose the truest version of yourself. Like, is we don't even we have such wonderful families, both of us. It's not like anybody would actually reject us or like probably even you know dislike us or hold anything against us. But still, there's there's just this insane fear of being like, oh. Like, they're going to actually get to know us. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. And I think that the fear of using it as a tactic of manipulation or to cause them any fear for how 
if we choose to live our lives counter to what we have previously exposed them to of our actions and the judgment that they would then and the the fear that might on their end they might experience fear and that doesn't feel very comfortable to put them through that yeah why is it so easy to trust like friends new friends strangers to to accept us for exactly who we are and what we're putting out there and when people might reject that then it seems it's i mean i'm sure if if this gets any if this gets anywhere, if this gets any listeners, I'm sure in those listeners will probably get some haters. That's the inevitable nature of putting yourself out there and especially oh, doing sure. social media and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, even though that still stings, it stings in a way of similar to this confrontation with our neighbor today. I'm just kind of like, uh, it'll bug you for a little bit. You'll feel a little weird in your gut for a minute, but like, that doesn't really matter. Uh well, I think with family, there is an inherent increased value on the relationship, especially when you're close with your family, as well as there is a lot of preconceived notions of who we are that stem from them knowing us from day one. Yeah. And as a child. Totally. The innocence of a child and dismantling that belief can be traumatic for both parties apparently why it's so traumatic for us is still a good question yeah yeah i definitely i mean i i'm so i'm pretty close with my uh extended family we're a pretty big family uh there's the original 19 before any uh partners or husbands wives were added in um that's my mom's siblings their part their spouses and their children um and I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> doing great, baby. <laughs> what was the last thing he said? Dewey was being cute and distracted me, as promised. <laughs> oh, oh, I was going to say that, that, yeah, they've all known me for so long, and, and, and we've been relatively close in, in comparison to most extended families. Like, we all get along really well and like each other. But uh, it's different now that I am... Uh, the ripe old age of 28 it's uh it's it's settled in but I can remember definitely being like an older teenager in my early 20s and being really aggravated that uh, that they still hold on to any preconceived notions of who I was as a kid or a preteen or whatnot of like that I was so wildly loud and attention seeking and uh that's not you at all anymore <laughs> well it's certainly uh it's changed I don't think the first things that anyone would describe me as would be loud and attention. Certainly not loud. Like the first It's a great preface now. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I think that there's probably a variety of reasons that we would, that people in general would feel apprehensive about having that exposure with somebody that they're so close with, such as a parent. I think it's probably different for me, for you, as to you. Uh, like, a lot of the reasons why I am not as open with my mother, for instance, is because I worry more about causing her fear. Like, because she's admittedly a little crazy. <laughs> And, you know, worries about when I take pictures at a wood carving shop where they asked me not to take pictures that I might get arrested and put in jail. 
Describe the extent of the sweary. Because you say that and people might be like, So the the example that I was just alluding to, we were in a a wood carving village a little bit outside of Chiang Mai in Thailand. And uh, I sent pictures of these really magnificent wood carvings to my mother. And she asked me to send more. And I was like, I couldn't really because they they were not allowed, allowing us to take pictures. It was against their policy. And her response was going back to North Korea with the kid who took down the picture of Kim Jong-un or whoever, whichever one it was, and recently got sent home in a coma. And she was basically saying, what are you doing? That's stupid. You're going to wind up with the same fate as this person who was in North Korea, an entirely different country with an entirely, entirely different regime. Just a really fear-mongering attitude that was, you know, but that that's who she is. That should, And is still following oh, up yeah. on it two yeah. weeks later. Yeah, it's, it's been an ongoing conversation. That... The most innocent, sweet act of being like, Mom, I'm thinking about you and th- thought you would really enjoy this beautiful art. <laughs> so now I've like, uh, I have to cater all the photos that I look at to send to her. Like, is this going to, like, we sent her one where we were at Pie Canyon, which... Yeah, it has some steep edges, but yeah, she started freaking out about Chewy. Like, make sure Chewy doesn't. Same thing about the hot springs. So now I've sent her pictures about us at, at a canyon and us at a hot springs, and she's worried that the dog's gonna die by jumping in the hot hot springs or falling off the edge of a cliff. Honestly, Chewy, if that's how you go, you, you deserve it. <laughs> so I, I mean, and this is probably a pretty extreme example. I'm sure some people out there can relate to that type of paranoia, but you know. That's that's one of my main motivations for not being openly honest, you know, about lots of things. Sex, drugs, rock and roll is <laughs> I don't Especially that rock and roll. Rock and roll you gotta, hey, dancing, you know, footloose. Oof. They were they had it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it leads to everything bad. It does. Uh, on that note, we are officially known as the dancing couple in Pi. Uh, multiple people have referred to us as this, so it's official. Quite happy about that. Yes, it's a perfect reputation. I thought it was going to be the couple with the fluffy dog, but our dancing skills, dancing skills trump his cuteness, which is saying something if you check out his Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> In conclusion, there are probably many varieties of different reasons. What do you think the reason you feel apprehensive about your parents listening to something that is potentially intimate? I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'm I'm a lot more open with them than than you are with your parents. I'm more open with my parents than probably the average person. I mean, like, there's no major things they don't know about me, I don't think. But, um... But, uh, I don't know. There's nothing specific to point to, but just the general idea. I kept it a total secret from my mom for a long time that we were starting the podcast, and then I just casually mentioned it to her at some point because my dad gave us some equipment, and then I finally, like, fessed up. Did you tell them? No. (laughs) There's no way they're going to... I'm sure it didn't matter to her at all. I, like, slipped it in maybe the day before we moved to Thailand. (laughs) I think it was probably... I think I'd be more apprehensive about your parents. Right, no, I I feel the same way. I mean, well, and again, I don't know, it's interesting, like, take it family member by family member. Like, I feel pretty comfortable with your mom knowing almost anything about me, even if it's, like, you know, even if she might, like, freak out a little or, like, whatever. I feel like I trust her enough and feel close enough with her and, and whatnot. 
not that even if she does freak out, then we can talk about it. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But I guess I I can certainly I I suppose I definitely feel concerned about about your sisters, which also seems silly because they're such wonderful people who I'm sure are just so who are realistically open to very much wanting to like me and it's hard to imagine they're feeling more of who I am would make them like me less <laughs> but, but still it's that's definitely a thing of of I don't know maybe it's because your mom already knows me so well and they don't know me as well but and then thinking that maybe therefore it's more of like a I'm on display or being tested of being like is she good enough for my brother I don't think you have to worry about that. Yeah, I don't realistically think they're thinking like that, but, yes, but certainly the idea of it. I feel, I feel a lot more like I have to prove myself to them than any of your other family members. Probably because I'm the most similar to them than any of your other family members. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you are occasionally interesting after all. <laughs> <laughs> they give credit where credit's due. We need to tally up the times where we've said occasionally and interesting throughout every episode. Um, okay, so so we've definitely talked about many different things that we want to do on this podcast. Definitely, we plan on interviewing some people, some some people who are, you know, typically worth interviewing, like have have credits to their name of some sort or another, or just generally people that we find occasionally interesting, or just like people we meet on the street and we're like, want to come to our apartment and speak into a microphone for a little while? Um, you want to hold this staff? <laughs> put it real close to your mouth. Wave it around a little Let bit. Let record you. Um... Yeah, so so there's definitely going to be some interviews. It's definitely going to be a bunch of us talking to each other because Trevor is the very most interesting person in the whole world. Uh, and then and then I it's not true. even him out with my occasional interest. Tennis. <laughs> I'm the occasional. The show would have been called Always Interesting if it was just Jen. No. This is the most we've ever said each other's names in front of each other. It's getting real weird. It real feels quickly. weird. It feels very weird. Um, the other day you called. We were we were on this long hike, and I hurt my foot. And him and Chewie walked ahead of me, not knowing that I was stuck behind them. And then he was screaming my name in the woods, and I was like, "I'm so much more uncomfortable than he's saying Jen." More so than our solution was was to to not answer me at all. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like, wait, wait, where the hell is she? <laughs> and she eventually popped back up, but you know, it was it was a bit of a treacherous hike. She could have slipped down and fell and cracked her head, rubbing off on me. Did you, yeah. Do you remember? So throughout this podcast, we're definitely going to reference a lot of other podcasts. One of our favorite is Invisibilia in this episode about the motions. I, I've been thinking about it on a lot of our hikes because they were in some tell world country i don't remember what uh, this is the story about the emotion of legate and and it's two researchers living with this tribe um and the wife goes at, they like they have an infant and the wife goes off on a hike with this tribe to learn about something and then she slips and dies and that's how this other guy her husband gets to learn the true nature of this emotion legate and definitely when we've been on like these steep hikes in this uh Whatever far land, I've definitely been like, <laughs> oh god, this podcast is just gonna say. You know what my mother is gonna do when she hears 
You didn't just... I knew they were out there hiking some steep fucking cliffs. She's not going to listen to this. That's true. That'd be really weird after the whole first episode is about how crazy she is. I feel like, yeah, you're making her sound legitimate now. I am? Yeah. What? You're like, oh, yeah, as we're hiking these stiff cliffs, oh, so we could have potentially. Uh, yes, I yes, yes. No, no, no. They really haven't been that bad. <laughs> I just have a crazy brain that likes to filter through every single doomsday scenario constantly. Um, so, so that's one of them, and especially when it can relate to a podcast. And this is why I avoid every murder podcast you murder podcast people are crazy i listened to one by accident one time one on a first did a a switch over podcast with my favorite murder and it legitimately haunted me for what like six months i was so fucked up do you remember that I I, yeah it was a long recovery period because, because they you catastrophize yeah i still maintain that's not the appropriate way to handle fear she she says I, that the the best way to handle fear is to imagine the worst possible outcome that um, could possibly imagine. Tim Ferriss agrees. Be with cool me. with it. No, it's not to just be cool with it. It's because people with proper anxiety, like moi, like to just that is not proper dwe- anxiety. Dwell endlessly, and it's a vicious circle of thought cycles. And it's definitely so your solution is to entertain it to its end. No, not to, it, that. That puts it. So you die a horrible death, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I mean, so I, definitely the worst part of anxiety is thinking about like the unknown and whatnot, and like, oh, what, what are all the possible options? Oh my god! And then you can just run through all of them forever and stay in that space. But if you ask yourself early on, okay, what, what? Is the absolute worst possible thing that can happen? What is realistically the worst possible thing that can happen? And like, what can I do if that worst possible thing happens? If the answer is something other than dying a horrible death, um, and that definitely interrupts the cycle. Okay, and again, Tim Ferriss recommends this. He talks about other it's people bullshit. who recommend this. It's bullshit. It's bullshit that he recommends it's bu- it. It's uh, no, I, I believe you're going to say it, but I'm saying <laughs> Thanks, that, that the theory is is flawed. Yeah, but. It's this crazy. Yeah, anxiety is fucking crazy. It would be crazy. so much better of a solution to say to train your brain through things like mindful meditation to say I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to entertain this whole thought train to begin with. Um, come up with this smoke dramatic some weed, Trevor, end. and then and then talk oh, I don't to smoke me. weed. <laughs> if it is if something makes me crazy, like like it's not like this has helped you handle your anxiety very well. Sure, it has. I mean, I still am a catastrophizer, but certainly in terms of, well, I used to... You know what you're going to be in 50 years? My mother. No. That's what that leads to. Maybe. (laughs) Somebody who jumps to the worst conclusions and then has tricked their brain into somehow coming to the conclusion that it is reasonable. No, but my whole thing now is that I like to confront it as much as possible when I was younger. And really afraid to be alone in a house and thinking that somebody was uh, going to jump out and murder me, then uh, I would just stand there and tremble in fear um, or 
possibly we'll flee the house. And now I walk around and check in the closets. And you do too. You've done it multiple no, times no, but now. See, that's different. That's a whole different thing than entertaining the notion that there's going to be somebody in that closet. And then if there is somebody in that closet, then that person could jump out and that the person could kidnap me and then lock me in the dungeon and torture me for years. Like, no, that is different than saying, okay, here is something that's causing me anxiety. And here's a pathway to realize if it has any legitimacy to it. Like, let me look in the closet then. That is a whole different type of scenario. This just makes it sound like you've never experienced actual anxiety. I have experienced anxiety. I am human. I don't experience much anxiety unless I smoke weed. (laughs) Because I'm like, I realize that if something's improbable to the point where it would be a waste of energy to dwell on it, then it's not worth dwelling on and you don't have to do it. You don't have to dwell on anything. I'm not that much of a dweller. You haven't you've been getting better, I'd say. Well, you've been helping me very much. Thank you for that. You're, You're very our welcome. wonderful partner. I try. <laughs> I try. You succeed. Aren't we sweet? <laughs> yes. We should give a shout out to our, our new friend, Alex, who's very excited to listen to this podcast. She just commented on Facebook today that we're her very her all-time favorite travel couple. Uh, she's good people. <laughs> shout out, Alex. Shout out. Hope your travels are Hope you're, treating you well. Yeah, she's in Bali now. Do you still want to go to Bali now that we read nah. it in Pray Love? Yeah, fuck you, Bali. I ain't got nothing. Yes, I would love to go to Bali. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> There's very few places that I would not want to go. What are they? Uh, North Korea. You're welcome, Mother. <laughs> I would I would go to North Korea, but I wouldn't. It's not something that I'd put any motivation. The demilitarized zone. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, it just doesn't. If I, if I had, if I knew that I was safe, you go to North Korea. Aren't you safe in the demilitarized zone? Yeah, but that's... That's a hard word. Yeah, don't step on a mine. Yes, no, you are, you are safe. But that's not... Like, I wouldn't... Why would you want to go there? With what... what other other, to other than to... Did. Yeah, like... The same reason we want to go to the bottom of Mount Everest. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like that's that's half to say that we hiked Mount Everest. And also the fact that if you're in Nepal... You might as well go touch Mount Everest. Yeah, it seems crazy not to. Okay, I started on this tangent and then got distracted by your beauty or something. Um, And saying that there was a lot of different things that we've talked about for doing. And one of the things that I've certainly wanted is some some games that happen every time. So, so, because that happens on most of my favorite podcasts. what what are your feelings at this point? I know most of the games that I came up with so far are just rip-offs of my favorite podcasts, and you weren't so into that, so maybe if we come up with an original game. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Shout out. Totally married. <laughs> yes, we love you guys. <laughs> you know, we are best friends and all. Yep. They shouted us out on their they podcast. They did shout us out. I know. This was before Trevor and I were saying I love you, and I wrote into my favorite podcast to tell them that I loved him before I told him, and because they have they totally lame Elizabeth Lame and Andy Rosen, um, they have 
uh, a very similar love story to ours. Uh, they they knew each other in sixth grade, fucking amateurs, um, but they did reconnect when they were twenty five. So you know, it kind of evens out. Um, and so I wrote in to them to say, "Hey, I have a really similar love story to you guys. It's very happy. I'm very happy. Here's a picture of me and this wonderful man and our and our little fluffer nutter." And uh, and then they read the story on the podcast, and Andy said we were a very good-looking couple. He was like, damn! <laughs> and just to recap for some of our listeners who may not be familiar, Fluffernutter is Chewy, and our love story is we were each other's first girlfriend and boyfriend in fifth grade, and then recently reconnected after... An amount of time passed. <laughs> 10, 10, 15 years? How old are we? You're 29 now. Jesus. <laughs> Yes, but I feel 22. Perfect. I don't know probably about feel you. better when you were 22. Okay, well, yeah, so on that note, let's talk, let's talk about fifth grade. <laughs> fifth grade, yes. I dumped her after I ditched her for a, uh, she was going to a pool party our whole grade was going to. And that was very and then frightening. His for me. older friend, his There's sixth two grade of friend. Story. Uh, the one that he told me in fifth sure grade that he doesn't remember. There would be a fucking insane Indeed thing to make is. up. The person whose name I didn't even remember. You, he has never accused me of making this up before. He's just doing this on the public record just to make me look a fool. You don't think so I'm making claims this up. That one of my friends told told me that she was not cool enough, and then I dumped her. I don't know if I said those words. I just, knew, I mean, like, I don't know if I remembered the reason. I just knew that he was the guy. You didn't want to take responsibility for dumping me, so you said that your older friend made you. That's a possibility. Whether or not he actually said that, or you just thought, like, this is a perfectly That'd reasonable excuse. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you whore. Anyway, um, he asked me out. By making me solve a riddle. As is the best way to ask out any girl. That's true. There's got to be some crypticness. In I can't believe you didn't do that the second time push. around, you fucking asshole. <laughs> what were you thinking? Just asking me to get coffee? You should have. I think it crossed my mind, but. Oh my god, I would have proposed to you on the spot. <laughs> Missed opportunity. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, <laughs> but I would have thought it was fantastic. I would have been very pleased. I would have gone out with you a lot faster. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Next time. Next time you ask me out. Maybe I'm saving that. You're saving your riddle? Yes. <laughs> you and Chivina cooking something up? Perhaps. Chewy. He's a devious one. Um, okay, what else do we remember? Oh, as su- like like the week I Trevor and I met again as adults, I was cleaning out my sto- my storage unit slash my parents' storage unit that had my stuff in it, and found um, a chart that I wrote in seventh grade about all of all of the quote boyfriends I'd ever had and rating their hugging abilities on a scale of one to ten. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time, um, so he had to get first place, but Trevor got second place. Uh, but my description of Trevor's hug was way better than the one about my actual boyfriend uh, at the time. 
It was something like, uh, okay, so the one time Trevor hugged me in fifth grade, this was like the day after he asked me out online or we agreed to be each other's boyfriend and girlfriend on AIM. And uh, probably a lot of people listening to this have never even heard of AIM. This is a this is circa 2001, folks. Uh, yeah, I just I just mentioned to Trevor the other day that we met when Bill Clinton was president. We dated the first time before 9-11. We, we got some history, folks. Um Anyway, so the next day I came to school, our whole class already knew that we were dating. And so some boy pushed my books out of my hands and and everybody was chanting at Trevor to pick them up. So Trevor picked them up and put them in my hands and then he hugged me around my books. And that was the only time we hugged when we were boyfriend and girlfriend the first time, but it was magical. And two years later, after I'd hugged probably like, 13 boys at that point um yeah uh and his was still like the the description in it i literally said um i like described the hug and i said and then i looked into his eyes and i knew i would just die for this kid (laughs) this is is 12 or 13 year old me writing about me in fifth grade and my and my hug experience that that never left to leave an impression (laughs) <laughs> oh and then when i told i sent so i so i found this little this chart or whatever as soon as we met as adults and i sent trevor a picture of it this is like very early on in us talking and trevor's really sly move to like kind of like make a move on me was was that he really wanted to perfect his score but he took like an hour and a half to come up with that line i sent him this picture or something and then we had some casual conversation like joking about it and then an hour and a half later he's like I want an opportunity to perfect my score. Call me a perfectionist, but I'm going to get a 10. It was beautiful. I liked it. <laughs> See? That's why it took me an hour to have to craft. You, know, had to be yeah. you did great, babe. It was perfect. Look at us now. See? All because of that comment. All because of that one comment. Um, okay. And then uh, my... I mean, it's like fantastic that we were each other's first boyfriend and girlfriend, but what I think like really cemented the whole thing and the most i think uh goosebumps inciting part of our love story at least from my perspective and i yeah whatever you guys can decide let me know on instagram twitter facebook no i don't know what social media channels we're gonna have um let me know in whatever way is in the episode description to let me know about answers to my questions is this goosebumps inciting that uh the day the night that trevor asked me to be his girlfriend was the first night that my mom taught me how to meditate and so i was obviously just obsessively thinking about Trevor I I was I was so excited and just thinking thinking about him over and over again as I was trying to quiet my mind and meditate and uh and I I couldn't I couldn't quiet my mind but I could get it quiet enough to just say his name over and over again this is a little me in fifth grade and then you know we broke up (laughs) a week later but I kept on meditating throughout the years of my life uh on and off but i i was never able to uh shake my original mantra of trevor's name and so for the 17 years or whatever in between 
I I said his name as my mantra every time I meditated. And maybe some of you like fancy meditation people are going to get up on me and be like, that's not a mantra. Like your mantra has to be given to you. Whatever. I manifested this fucking incredible man and our amazing love and made him have crazy, de- crazy deja vu when we met each other. And I definitely feel like uh, focusing my highest energy and love on him over the course of 17 years, even if it wasn't exactly on him, you know, in a way it was, of course. Uh, I definitely, I definitely think that that gets a lot of credit for what we have here today. I mentioned that I leave a lasting impression. (laughs) I take back everything nice I just said. (laughs) Now that I've told these sweet stories that you haven't responded to at all, let's talk about games again. What games shall we play? We could, we should probably have different ones that you and I play every time versus if we, when we get interviewees and whatnot. So, but even, even when on the episodes where we have an interviewee, you and I can still have like our 10 minute closing time and play a game with each other. Anyway, what are games? Games are a thing that one plays for uh-huh. enjoyment. Uh huh. Enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it. Okay. Perfect. Nailed okay, it. Solitaire. Solitaire. <laughs> sure, our listeners will find that. <laughs> Riveting. It's exactly what I was thinking of, dude. Aww. <laughs> okay, so. Do you like word so association? Just like, oh my god, wait, have I told you this story? I have, I'm sure, from high school psychology class. I don't know. Do you want me to tell it to you? Absolutely. Okay, so high school. AP psychology. Oh, shit. She was a smarty. Yep. Still am. Right. Um, <laughs> babe. Uh, all right. So so this was about the polygraph test. Uh, so in my psychology class, it was a little experiment where they sent like five of us out into the hallway and one of us had to, quote, commit a crime. And then all of us had to come back into the classroom, get hooked up to the polygraph machine, and then the whole class could interrogate us. And uh, and we all had to say that we did not commit the crime. And I was a big actress in high school, so I was very sure that I could trick the whole class and trick the polygraph machine into thinking that I was the guilty one, even though I was not. Um, I wasn't allowed to say that I did the crime. I had to say that I didn't. But I knew what to do. I knew how to get my heart racing. Thinking about thinking about Trevor. <laughs> no. um, I don't doubt it. Definitely. <laughs> um, he's, he's wiggling his eyebrows very attractively. Then the one a black girl in our psychology class was the one who was interrogating me when I was hooked up to the polygraph machine. I think think people took turns. But so her brilliant idea was to play word association games. And uh, she went through a few and then she said, black. And I said, criminal. (laughs) And then the whole class started whooping and screaming and being like, what the fuck, Jen, you're such a racist. And it was very awkward. (laughs) The only black person in our class was the one who asked me this question. And I was desperately trying to defend myself. Like, no, I mean, like wearing ski masks. Like you commit crimes dressed in all black wearing ski masks. Likely ski. Yeah, nobody believed me, and 
many people now, made fun of me for it until we graduated. Had you done this knowing that that would make you seem like a type of person that would commit a crime and therefore more likely to be accused of committing the crime? No. Have you, you ever played a word association see, game? See, I I had years of see, improv. You training. were racist. I was. I, no, I was. I meant the ski mask thing. It's all coming out now. Babe. Now that you've roped um, me in and brought me you, to Thailand, you're trapping the bomb that you're racist. Okay, I lived in Costa Rica and I saw a, quote, doctor one time and uh, he touched my arm and asked me, my arm, if I was racist and my arm said, no, we cool. So your arm's not racist, but the rest of you is. <laughs> yeah, but like most things that I do come out of my right arm, so link. Link? <laughs> Wink. Oh. Link that one up. <laughs> anyway. She's dropping links all Word over the place. Word association games. Ready? Canvas. Art. Fart. Jen. <laughs> Chewy. <laughs> uh, bear. Ted. <laughs> all right, I quit. This, is, this should not be our game. We need we need slightly more structure than this. Maybe this is something we should research separately. Probably. We'll come back episode two. Nothing but games. Nothing but net. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> what? Why? Hold your breath, guys. Don't listen to him. Do it. Wait with bated breath. What? How, what? They, what should they bait their breath with? Worms. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. That was stupid. Yes, it was. I see why you took back that, uh, that, that I'm not smart anymore. I left it all in high school. Yeah. Who's going to be our biggest fan? Do you think... No. I'm definitely not Elizabeth and Andy's biggest fan, but I am... I think they only have like 300 Patreon subscribers, so I'm, I'm one out of 300 chance of being their biggest fan. Do you think we'll ever get to interview them? Do you think they'll give us props? Yes. By the time we're in California in May... Will this podcast be big enough to interview them? Yes. Okay, cool. You, you heard Elizabeth it. You heard it here first, guys. We'll be there in May. <laughs> <laughs> Put us in the books. We can do a switcheroo. We'll, we'll do break, your we'll... podcast if you do ours. Seems fair. Seems totally fair. Totally lame. Totally fair. Occasionally interesting. Match made in heaven. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to our very first episode of this podcast that has been a dream for probably a year now and has finally come to fruition here in our outdoor living room in our teeny tiny little home in the beautiful mountains of northern Thailand. Who would have guessed a couple months ago that this would be where our first podcast recording was taking place? Our poor table. One day it'll get to it'll get to see its destiny through, even if only for one episode before we move to another country. Your mom can never listen to this. We will never tell her about this. No, never. For sure not. Yes, it's crazy. So we're gonna travel the world, right? Yeah, we we, we are traveling the world. Yeah, but it's not gonna end. No, okay, because your mom so, says uh, so, and, some, sure and sometimes you lie to her, and it makes me nervous. <laughs> use our Amazon code and. <laughs> So that we can continue traveling. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that that would be great. That we can be found really on our website, occasionallyinteresting.com. dot uh, There's a link at the top. 
Uh, if you just bookmark that guy and then go and shop on Amazon like you usually do, you don't need to type in anything special. You just need to click that link and Amazon uses its magic, uh, aka cookies, and it sa- it just gives us a little tiny piece of the pie. It doesn't You don't have to, you know, give us anything extra, nothing off your back. Just shop as you normally do and support this lovely couple and their tiny fluffy dog and we'll keep on bringing you quality content to to make your life occasionally interesting all right we can't say that but the podcast name this much in every episode <laughs> but it's but it's the first occasionally one interesting. <laughs> all right thanks for thanks for coming on this adventure with us guys um this will be really fun for uh, when this gets really big at like episode 113 and then people who get really into it then are like, you know what? I really want to go back and listen to their very first episode. And then they listen to it and are like, what do you think they're going to say? People who get really into this episode 113 go back and listen to episode one. They'd be like, damn, man, they started off brilliant. I can't compete with that. But you can. You just need to do it. Just do it. <laughs> Trademark. Occasionally interesting. <laughs> Don't sue us. <laughs>